Chapter 21 of The Apostle of Alaska The Story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. Legaic. This man, the head chief of the Tsimsheans, who, it will be remembered, once sought to take Mr. Duncan's life, but who later on attended school and seemed to come under the influence of the word, was not among those who first went to Metlakatla. And this was hardly to be expected. To no man in all the tribes would moving to Metlakatla and becoming a Christian mean so much as to Legaic. Mr. Duncan had, in his wisdom, found it necessary to do away with all chieftainship among the Christian Timsians. This, the very foundation for their heathen institutions, must be entirely eradicated before a new foundation could be laid. So his word was, We recognize no chiefs among us, except those who excel in living upright Christian lives, and show that they are true sons of God. At Fort Simpson, Legaic was sought for one purpose and then another. He was looked up to and honored as the head chief of the nation. At Metlakatla, he would be as low as the lowest, no higher than the lowest, until his life showed that he was a true and exemplary Christian. The government of the village was, and of course had to be, in the hands of Mr. Duncan. He could brook no chiefs beside him, certainly none above him. The only assistants he had, in the beginning of the life of the new village, were twelve native constables, who had to see that peace was maintained, that no strangers coming among them misbehaved, and that the people of the village lived proper Christian lives. It was their duty to report all misbehavior to Mr. Duncan. Later on, the number of constables was increased to thirty, and a village council appointed, the membership varying in number from time to time. Each one of these officials was then given the supervision of ten of the inhabitants, an arrangement similar to the class system in the Methodist Church. Legaic's tribe seemed to have suffered more in proportion than any other from the ravages of the smallpox epidemic. This visitation brought him to his senses and sent him with his family to Metlakatla, where for a while he seemed to try hard to live an humble and consistent Christian life. But every now and then messengers came to him from the Fort Simpson Indians. He was wanted there for this and for that, when an Indian had a feast, or had built, or was about to build a new house, or was to have a potlatch, he did not feel that the festivities were complete without Legaic's presence. Legaic once asked Mr. Duncan what he should do about this, whether he could not go over and help them sometimes. Mr. Duncan's answer was, No, you should not go. You have to be one thing or the other. It was the same old rule, no compromise with the devil no half-heartedness. After a while, Legaic got so that he wanted to be friends with both sides, and his talk, as reported to Mr. Duncan, threatened to cause bad blood among the people of Metlakatla. Mr. Duncan sent for him, and said to him, Legaic, you had better leave here and go back to Fort Simpson. I don't want you here. You are wearing the mantle on both shoulders. You want to serve both God and the devil, and you are doing the devil's work here. You had better leave here and go back, for your heart is there with the heathen, and where you can be a chief. There was nothing for him to do after that but to leave. He knew Mr. Duncan, but he was a chief, a great chief, 
and it would never do for him to admit that he had been sent away so before he pushed his canoe off from the beach he made the crowd a little speech in which he told them that he had to go away that he knew he was doing wrong and probably would be very sorry for it some time but his friends over there were too strong for him and pulled him away how did these new christians act shrug their shoulders and say just what i told you it was just what i expected that he could not stand i am not surprised at all no that is the way among many whites who pretended to be good christians not so with these people as his canoe scraped against the sand they knelt down on the beach and prayed god that he would speak to his heart and not allow him to turn away from his heavenly father and then some of them hastened to mr duncan to tell him that legaic had gone they must have been surprised indeed when he answered them yes i know it i told him to go what send legaic away the head chief not care to keep him in the village a little meditation perhaps made mr duncan grow ahead or more in their estimation but for that he did not care it was late at night the third day thereafter when mr duncan heard a knock at the door of his little cabin when he opened it he found legaic standing outside he scanned his hands for a weapon he was a little afraid that he had come back in the night for revenge but he discovered nothing legaic's eyes were cast down what do you want i want to come in what do you want here i want to talk with you all right come in then he looked dejected and broken-hearted and walked and acted very diffidently and humbly there was nothing of the proud chief about him now when in the room mr duncan said so you have come back i have come back why did you when i told you to go away because i could not help it i have not slept for three nights i have come back to say to you tell me what to do and i will do it tell me what not to do and i will not do it there is only one thing you must not tell me to do for i will not do it what is that do not tell me to go away i will not do it for i cannot do it impressed by his earnestness mr duncan allowed him to come back and he now became a truly humble earnest seeker and the following year was baptized together with his wife and only daughter in his baptism he at his own request received the name of paul and well might he for he proved another saul of tarsus indeed the man who once was ready to take mr duncan's life now became known up and down the coast as his most ardent admirer and assistant once and only once after that did he fail in his duty but mr duncan gave him then such a good lesson that he never forgot it the constables of the village were furnished with a cap belt and cape as badges of office legaic who perhaps in this saw a distinction to make up for the loss of his chieftainship asked mr duncan if he would not appoint him a constable and he readily assented after a year or more when he had found out that the office of constable did not only consist of wearing a cap belt and cape but that there was considerable work connected with it and sometimes even considerable danger he came to mr duncan and he said he thought he would give it up all right mr duncan said it is wholly voluntary you know if you take no interest in it i'll not have you legaic told him that all the others wanted to give it up too what duncan ordered him to stay right where he was and at once sent for all the other constables 
when they had arrived and were all seated around the table in his office he commenced i have heard that some of you are dissatisfied with your job and want to give it up if that is so i want to know it i don't want to force this honorable but dangerous office upon anyone it takes men with a heart for that business and i want no one else let us now hear from each of you in turn you what do you say do you want to give up your cap and belt no sir i don't want to i never thought of such a thing and you sir no and so all around to nine of them the tenth who belonged to legaic's tribe said i have poor health sir sometimes great strength and endurance are required to discharge the duties of the office i don't think i have that strength and sometimes i have thought of giving it up all right sir you are right your health is rather poor and i think myself it may be the best thing for you to make place for another man the eleventh answered a definite no now as to you legaic i will not ask you i want to say to you sir that you cannot be a constable any longer i want your cap and belt and cape at once a couple of months later legaic's wife came around and told mr duncan that he would very much like to get back on the force he evidently missed the authority and distinction no tell your husband that he has given it up once and never can be a constable again as long as he lives this humiliation he took like a christian and never expressed any dissatisfaction with mr duncan's decision for several years he supported himself and family by working as a humble carpenter and whenever he could say a word for the master who had conquered his proud and savage heart he did not fail to do so in eighteen sixty four he and claw were present with mr duncan at a meeting in the indian camp at fort simpson after mr duncan had spoken an old man got up and said that he had come too late to do the old people any good that had he come sooner when the first white traders came the tsimsheans would long ago have been good but they had been allowed to grow up in sin and now their sins were so deeply laid that they could not change mr duncan was about to rise to answer the old man when he to his surprise noticed that legaic had already sprung to his feet and with great fervor said i am a chief a tsimshean chief you know i have been bad very bad as bad as any man here i have grown up and grown old in sin but god has changed my heart and he can change yours think not to excuse yourselves in your sins by saying you are too old or too bad to mend nothing is impossible with god come to god try his way he can save you in eighteen sixty nine while on the way down from nass river he was suddenly taken ill at fort simpson when he became convinced that he could not live he sent the following note to mr duncan dear sir i want to see you i always remember you in my mind i shall be sorry not to see you before i go away because you showed me the ladder that leads to heaven and i am on that ladder now i have nothing to trouble me only i want to see you a malignant epidemic was at the time prevalent at metlakatla making it impossible for mr duncan to leave though a second and third message came in quick succession and finally this last which had not been fully completed when the father called him home my dear sir this is my last letter to say i am very happy i am going to rest from trouble trial and temptation i don't feel afraid to meet my god 
in my painful body i always remember the words of our lord jesus christ here the pen had fallen from the dying man's hand this was the death of legaic once the mortal enemy of mr duncan and of the holy cause he represented his life is not different from that of many others of the indians who found a happy blessed end thanks to the solace of the gospel which mr duncan had brought to them at such sacrifice and with such infinite labor it is only his one-time prominent position and the fact that he in order to become a christian had to give up so much more than many of the others that entitles him to any special mention End of chapter 21